Family Stories podcast, where the stories are always told by those who live them. Hello, I'm Grandpa Jimmy, your host, coming to you from Colorado Springs, and my lovely wife, Shirley, is here today. Say hi, hon. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, thank you for listening. You may have heard me open our podcast with this statement before. These are real people with real stories told without the filters of pride and pretense. That could not be more true than it is with our guest today. The story you're about to hear is not necessarily easily listening, and it's certainly not one that is easy for our guests to tell. However, they want to tell their story, and they want to tell it because they know what they have learned through this heart-wrenching experience will bring hope and healing to others. Their story is for anyone who has ever lost a child. Whether that life was taken in service to our country, through a terrible accident, by a cruel disease, or even through substance abuse, the pain, the grief, and the suffering of a parent facing that kind of loss is incomprehensible to those of us who have never been there. If you have not lost a child, perhaps another family member has, a close friend or a neighbor, encourage them to listen to this podcast. It may change their life. Our guests today are not talking theory or hypotheticals. They know all too well this kind of pain and grief. Many of you listening know our guests, or at least you've heard of them. They are two people we have known for over 15 years and love them dearly. Charlie and Jill LeBlanc, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to be here, Jim and Shirley. What a blessing. Well, we are so thankful to have you here. You know, Charlie, you and I have become friends in the last few years, and I have just appreciated so much your being my friend and confidant in all these phone calls that we've had together. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you've just imparted wisdom to me. You've ministered to me. You've affected my life more than you know, and I just want to tell you publicly, thank you so much for that. God bless you, Jim. Thank you. You know, the feeling is mutual. Uh, iron sharpens iron, and as we've had these conversations, you've always had something very enriching and blessing a blessing for me as well, that I've left the conversation with strength and with vision and and moving forward myself. But um, yeah, we've had some great times, great fun conversations. Thank it, you. It's been good. Yeah. Well, Jill, let me ask you this. Why don't you tell us what the two of you have been doing for the last 35 or 40 years, crisscrossing America and the world, for that matter? (laughs) Uh, Well, we're coming up on our 42nd anniversary in March. Wedding anniversary. Yeah, wedding anniversary. And so um, uh, just a year and a half after we got married, we went away to Bible college. And but getting married, we were just we were just on fire for the Lord, even when we were at home. Uh, before we ever left, we were involved in a Christian rock band, and we would play in... You mean you were a rocker, Jill? Well, I sang and Jill played a tambourine. <laughs> they didn't let me play anything. but um, And we'd go to to prisons and youth groups and things like that and, and uh, help lead worship at our church. And, you know, we were just involved in music ministry. We just loved the Lord and... Then we went to Bible college, and from there, after one year, we were invited to go on staff at a church in Arizona, and we were just there a short time, and the, and we felt the Lord led us out to start our own ministry. Um, and it was back it, in just, 1980 and 81, yep, yep, back in there. Yep, yeah. and just um, so 
With, a very with, brave move. <laughs> yes, and we have one baby and one on the way, Ugh. and the Lord led us out to start doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but through the years, we've we've done a lot of we've done some staff work with churches, and then uh, we've done a lot of traveling here, there, and yon. You know, been to Asia and Europe with our children, and. Um, but just a lot of stuff, uh, Chris, like you said, crisscrossing the U.S. And well, um, now I know you guys are are humble people, but you did spend a lot of time working for Joyce Myers, if I remember. We did for seven years. We were from St. Louis. Joyce was from St. Louis. So back at the time when we got married, you know, they had started a Bible study in their home. We all went to the same church, and so we got a little bit acquainted then. Then we left to go to Bible college, left and moved to Arizona, came back four years later, and uh, Charlie went on staff at a church that Joyce was on staff at. Just became pretty close friends with them. Then she left staff and started doing her traveling ministry. We left staff, started doing our traveling ministry, and we would hook up along the way here and there doing meetings together. And then in 1997, they asked if we could go on the road with them. And um, do two conferences a month, which was something the Lord had already spoken to our heart. Go out two weekends a month and do ministry. Uh, we did that for seven years. Goodness gracious. And it was really a blessing. And during that time, you were also beginning to do things with Andrew, I believe, or maybe even longer than We that. started doing things with Andrew back in the 80s. Andrew Womack is Andrew who we're talking Womack, about. Andrew yeah. Womack, right, which is how we all met, was working through it. Yeah, so back in the 80s, we started doing worship for his meetings and conferences and things. And then we would do... A little bit with him during the time we were with Joyce, but then after we left, we continued on with Andrew. Well, you know, one thing I've heard, and I know you guys don't want me to say all this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's okay. uh, I, I've listened to a lot of people who really know praise and worship, and they say that you two are two of the, the most powerful praise and worship leaders they have ever heard. You have the ability to bring people into the presence of God like few do. Wow. Mm. And so it's just. Uh, Wow. It's just a blessing to hear that. Thank Praise you. God. So, Charlie, either one of you, actually, tell us about your family, your kids. Well, uh, before we leave the subject of being with Andrew Womack, I want to give a shout-out to Shirley. <laughs> because Shirley was Shirley. on staff at Andrew Womack Ministries. And for all of those years of doing conferences with Andrew, Shirley, you were such a blessing in helping us, and we, we will never forget how much you helped us with our CDs, packing the CDs, getting them ready for conferences, helping us with inventory when we were done. And so uh, we just appreciate you. I know you're being Yay. quiet here in the corner, but you're a major blessing to our life, and we do, we do appreciate that. We Absolutely. Will, we'll never forget it. Huge. It was a special time. Huge. Shirley, you loved doing that for me. I did. I would, I would go. I would go to Jim at times, and I would say, "Jim, I said your your wife doesn't need to do this. She's, you know, she's so busy, and she's busy doing all the Andrew Womack stuff, and she doesn't. I don't want her to have to go do this." And and he'd say, "Charlie, Shirley will tell you if she doesn't want to do it or if she can't." You, well, just you, know, you know how I refer to this lovely woman. <laughs> She is what I call velvet-covered steel. She is very soft and kind, which she is, but unwavering, unbending when she does it. Right, right, honey? I love that. I've heard it put different ways. But I appreciate that strength. Anyway, so uh, 
Yeah, the the children and and Jill, you feel free to to talk more about it. But um, we in all of our traveling through the years, um, you know, God just started blessing us with children, and we had three three kids, two daughters, and then our youngest was a boy, son. His name was Bo, with Cherry, Cammy, and Bo. Actually, Cammy, Cherry, then Bo. If you want to get the right order. So Bo was the youngest. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bo was the youngest, and uh, he was uh, our only boy, and uh, you know, very special young man. You know, he he was he was very musical. Uh, I don't know if you want me to start talking about Bo now or later or whatever. Well, let's, but, uh, but tell but, tell us about your other your daughters. As okay, well. let's talk about and, the, and you have uh, grandkids too, right? Yes, now, so we right? have we have four grandsons right now, and so yeah, so we 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 traveled around the world with the kids. We involved them in everything we did. Uh, they helped us with running the CD tables and. And, the overhead and projector, the overhead projectors, and other things. They did a little bit Help, on stage with us here us and with there. with sound checks, like yeah, like our daughter would say, "It sounds really foamy." We had a great time traveling around the world with them, and and uh, and they they were very. We had them in homeschool. We had nannies that traveled with us and helped us with the kids sometimes, and then sometimes we had them in Christian school, and then the teachers would let us pull them out and and keep up with their lessons and we'd come home and put them right back in, you know, when we come off the road. We would do, you know, anywhere from uh, you know, one week to three to five, six week trips. So we would just get in a van with a trailer and uh and and all their school books and all of our music equipment, all of our CDs, or back then there were cassettes. Yeah. And yeah. we would just travel. We came out to Colorado so many times and uh would just uh you know minister in, in the different areas of Colorado. So if we had a an invitation like Andrew Womack Ministries in Buena Vista or whatever, we would book all the way to there at different churches. Churches would say, "Why don't you? If you're ever in the area, call us." So we would, uh-huh. and we would bring the kids and the. Uh, well, they, it, it sounds to me like your ministry was a family ministry. I mean, it well, really yeah. was a, a, a wonderful time for your whole yeah, family. It was great. They yeah. have such fond memories. They miss it a lot now as adults. They wish they could be traveling more, but yeah, you know, they've got children of their all, own. We all and, change. We mm-hmm. seem to. That time just keeps ticking by. I oh, gosh. Yeah. can't believe how old our kids are now. And our, we got grandkids in college, for oh my goodness, goodness sake. <laughs> what amazing. is the deal? My... Well, there is one date that you guys will never forget. Anybody who knows you will never forget it. And that was January 14th, 2009. Right. Uh, but before we get to that very specifically, or... You talk about that day. Give me a little background. Talk about how things happened with Bo, what you learned, what was the diagnosis. Just begin to tell us the story of that. Yeah, well, just just for starters, just so the audience understands, Bo, the youngest of our three, is the one who passed in January 14th. And um, and he passed of uh, with a, a nine-month battle of, of cancer. And it was a very aggressive, what the doctors called undifferentiated cancer and uh from the very beginning uh they you know they didn't they they gave us no hope from the beginning but of course we we knew that we had hope in god so yeah so we we uh we just got a call we actually had landed uh from a, an overseas trip and we had a message on our phone from our daughter saying uh give me a call i think they, she said bo's in the hospital but he's fine he's okay but give us a quick call so so obviously we panicked and uh, and went into and called and and got all the scoop and so he had been uh, seen by a couple of doctors and they were giving him a pretty bad outlook 
we flew to Phoenix, Arizona right away, which is where he was. And, uh, and we began to see other doctors and we began to isolate him into prayer and, and health, healthy eating and constant prayer and speaking the word over him constantly. And, uh, you know, we did all the things that, that, uh, that, that we, you would expect people who believe and trust God and people who know that Jesus is a healer. And, you know, and we know that and we have, we have very clear scriptural uh, proof and evidence of Jesus being the great physician and the healer. We weren't about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And of course, we see healings all throughout the Bible, even before Jesus. So we were just uh, totally convinced that, that God had this and we were going to uh, see a, a different outcome than what we did. So, so during that time, from the time the diagnosis took place till he actually passed away, it was really, I mean, would you say it was a position where you were in great faith or were there doubts and wonderings and things that were going on in your heart and your mind during that time? Well, that was a nine-month season from the time he was diagnosed. And during that time, I was I was a bulldog. I mean, I had this I I had this bone that I was not going to let go. I was convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was going to, God was going to bring him through this and he would walk away from it, you know, and during the course of, of, of the uh, treatments and, and the time, you know, people would say, you know, you guys are going to be on the next healing journeys DVD. It's going to be awesome. Bo's going to come through this and, and uh, all this. So, yeah, I, I mean, and I had visions during the time, visions and some dreams, but mostly, well, I don't know, whatever, whatever they were, I just saw different things. I was laying in bed one night and, and I just, in my, in my spirit, I just saw Bo walking into my room and, and shaking me and saying, mom, I'm healed. I'm healed. And, you know, I had, had that happen two or three times with different sets of circumstances and seeing him with like 10 years down the road, he and I were standing in our kitchen sitting he was sitting, I was cooking with a little three-year-old girl on his lap. Just knew that that was his little girl. And, and um, it just, I just took that as from the Lord that, you know, yes, hold on. You will see this. This, this day will come, you know. And to think back that, you know, I'm not going to get to meet his little girl. Yeah. But um, that, so that's been a tough blow. But anyway, yeah, during the course of it, there was no doubt in my mind. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, similar, same. I mean, we we had, uh, you know, I had I had prophecies when Bo was born, uh, clear prophetic words about him and and what he would the call on his life and what he would fulfill in his life. We had prophets that would prophesy over him that we knew that they had no idea of his gifts that would confirm his future and his giftings. So, you know, uh, we were convinced. I mean, there was just no, no way, all of us, we were just convinced that he was going to be fine. And, you know, we had a lot of great friends like Joyce Meyer and Andrew and others that stood with us and prayed with us and stood in agreement with us. So with the, with the, the, uh, the city of faith or the, you know, the, the faith that had surrounded us and uh, with the, the word of God being the center of all of our uh, faith and standing, you know, we were just convinced that uh, there was, you know, that, that this was going to come out, but would come out completely healed. 
I will say that there were two things that we were standing on very, very strongly. And one was Bo had, uh, you know, Bo as a teenager had kind of drifted a little bit in his, in his walk with the Lord, never drifted in his heart toward the Lord, but in his walk a little bit. And so, you know, we were just really praying that God would just bring him back to a real intimacy with him and also that his body would be 100% healed. And uh, the good news is that he totally was on fire for God uh, throughout his last couple of months. Um, he was reading the scriptures and and uh, singing and worshiping God and, and uh, right there to the very end. So uh, we praise God for that side of the victory. And, you know, we know that he's in heaven today. And, of course, I know I might be getting ahead of myself, but... Uh, but we do know that he is uh, his body is whole right now. So the day came when he finally passed away. Did it shock you? <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, Jim, that's a tough uh, a tough moment in our life. Uh, you know, we like I said, we were praying, we were worshiping. Uh, uh, it seemed like no matter what we did, uh, physically through 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 prayer, through medical help, through the word seemed like no matter what we did he continued to decline we were at our home in st louis uh right there at the end and we had 24 almost 24 hour prayer and praise meetings we had a keyboard set up in our basement we had people there all the time worshiping around him laying hands on him prophesying over him uh we did everything that we knew to do and then yes um you know uh he he took his last breath there at that moment um, on January 14th, uh, early in the morning. Uh, to be honest, uh, we were just in such shock and unbelief that this could ever happen. We were just taken back. We're like, no, this ain't happening. And so we, we began to pray for a resurrection. I mean, you know, Jesus, people who got resurrected in the Bible all over the place. So we thought, why not? Let's, I mean, we had intended on doing that regardless. And so we we just dove right into praying. Uh, I called some of my spiritual friends and 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 mentors and and uh, asked them to agree with us in the middle of the night. And we just started praying and agreeing that he was going to rise from the dead. And so we stuck with that. Our pastor came over in the middle of the night as well, prayed with us, and we kept that going for about four hours, if I remember right, speaking life into his body and believing God for a Lazarus resurrection. And, uh, and, you know, after about four or five hours, we, um, just sensed that, uh, he wasn't going to come back, you know, that he was, he was in the arms of Jesus and, and that's where he, he would kind of stay. So we had to, at that point is when everything crashed. Uh, we had a group of our, our two daughters, of course, some of their best friends, some of Bo's best friends were all there when he took his last breath. and. Uh, uh, we all just went into extreme grief and crying and tears and anger. It's, it's interesting, anger mixed with grief and pain and sorrow. But, uh, but uh, there's also a, a strong side of anger that was very evident, uh, very, very, you know, much, very much there in, in that, all of that us. That quickly, right away? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, for me personally, um, being the dad, I think I went into more of a 
mode of trying to manage the situation. What do you do here? And what's the, you know, what, what is the, the, uh, the important things to take care of at this moment, you know? Well, you know, but, what, I, what I'm thinking here, Charlie, is this is a, this is a really good place just to take a short break here and then pick this story up on what happened after he passed away. Because I think some of this is going to be the most important thing that we can communicate yes. uh, to uh, the people who are listening to this. So yes. let's pick this up and we'll just call it part two here in just a, just a little bit. So those of you who are listening, we'll post this uh, the same day we post the first half of that. So we're going to take a break here for just a moment. But I'll choose to when my prayers seem unanswered, I'll choose to believe. When lies look like the truth, I'll choose to believe. When the mountain doesn't move, in spite of the pain, oh Lord, I'll believe the best of you. 